Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Because I know it from the start. Maybe when you broke my heart. Because we uh, we did our stupid baseball introductions yesterday after the Savannah Banana Player, this got regulated to later in the show. It was too good not to open with, though. That was a good way to end it. No, it was, but I, I you know, for oh, the yeah. audience that missed it, this is uh, this is what Penn spent all his time doing last week. So, <laughs> uh. We're going to have, uh, and he just called to confirm, or just text to confirm, uh, Senator Todd Johnson is going to be with us from the North Carolina legislature. We had Q Tucker on yesterday. Lots of response to that pretty wide-ranging interview we had with the commissioner of the High School Athletic Association. A lot of interesting comments from that interview. There were a lot of interesting comments, and uh, like I said, a lot of interest in those comments. Uh, And uh, we had a big audience on the uh, download of the podcast yesterday. We also had a big streaming audience for that as well, so... That was one of those statewide attention grabbers yesterday. Uh, But Todd Johnson is the guy who kind of got this ball rolling. We've had him on the show before, so we're going to get the the legislator's perspective on it. Uh, I hope Commissioner Tucker feels like we gave her the floor to make her points. That's what we wanted to do yesterday. So that uh, is what we did, and uh, that is uh, where we uh, are today. We're going to have him. Uh, Our friend Tyler McComas. Tyler is a guy that uh, broadcasts sports radio out in Norman, Oklahoma, uh, epicenter of college athletics, I guess you could say. Uh, that and uh, uh, Texas uh, have been the uh, – Austin have been the uh, two epicenters of the college uh, football sports universe uh, the last couple of days. Uh, we'll dig into this move for Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC. I mean, the question is – was this Greg Sankey coming up with the idea, the commissioner of the SEC? Was this something Texas came up with and felt like that they needed Oklahoma? Did Oklahoma come up with the idea and feel like they needed Texas? Uh, real interested to find that out, and Tyler McComas will be along a little bit uh, later to uh, to talk about uh, that. So uh, we're going uh, to get Senator Johnson here about quarter till or 20 past, somewhere in that range. After our uh, opening monologue segment, uh, by the way, hello to Ben Byram, who's uh, producing the show here today. As uh, we uh, hit the airwaves here, uh, Brett McMurphy, who will be on the show tomorrow, friend of the show from Stadium, Brett McMurphy. Brett McMurphy was probably the preeminent uh, Ben uh, college football writer for ESPN. And then when ESPN had one of many bloodlettings, uh, McMurphy got uh, the axe. 
And then McMurphy kept kind of grinding and reporting stuff on his own because, you know, you just don't lose your content. Brett McMurphy didn't get his contacts because he worked for the worldwide leader. Brett McMurphy worked and got his contacts, and so he kept those contacts quite obviously when he left, and that turned into a job with Stadium. Came to covering college football during the coronavirus. I mean, that was the guy you needed to check out on Twitter. I mean, he would give you all the updates, all the latest, well, had all the inside info people didn't have. And that's how we started our relationship with him. About a year ago, we had him on a couple times, and uh, we this will probably be the fourth or fifth time Brett's been on. Uh, so he'll be on with us tomorrow, but he just reported a little bit ago that has been officially announced UCF and Florida will be playing a three-game series on the grid. UCF don't want it. 2024, the game will be played at the Swamp, and then 2030 at the Erector set there, Bright House in Orlando. Guaranteed sellout, at least. Erector set? Oh, it's an Erector set. You've never been in that stadium? I've, no, but I don't even know what it looks like, to be quite an honest with you. Erector set? <laughs> but that that is one of the stadiums that uh, when there was some fan movement in there, uh, you could feel the stadium moving. Ugh. And not in a good way. Yeah, no. Like this erector set is going to crumble to the ground way. Jeez. Uh, anyway, 2033 will be the final uh, game between those two played at the Swamp. So there you go. That is uh, some uh, college football news. Uh, we do know, and we, we learned this yesterday, but we had such a jam-packed show. Uh, of course, Media Week is next week for uh, the American Athletic Conference. ESPN Plus is going to be hosting uh, some programming, I believe, beginning Tuesday night. And then uh, kind of all day Wednesday. I think the ECU slot is a little after 3 o'clock yep. on Wednesday on ESPN Plus. We, of course, will be uh, having our tape machines rolling, as they used to say on uh Monday Nitro back in the day, <laughs> and uh, we'll have uh, comments from Mike Houston for you uh, on the Wednesday edition, week from tomorrow edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Let me see. Is there any other house cleaning? I, uh, I'm going to preview our Mudcats announcement. You'll start to hear on all of our great stations, uh, our friends from the Carolina Mudcats are doing another ECU-themed night at the ballpark. Uh, it's coming up, actually, a week from Friday, so it'll be August 6th. I always had the cleanest hats when it comes to those nights. Well, that's part of it. They're going to be giving away uh, hundreds of hats. Uh, 800 hats is the actual number, which seems a little low to me, but they know what they're doing. I think those hats are so popular they're having to give some. To, I mean, because that's a pretty sharp-looking lid. Got to be honest with you. Last time you went, I think you did the show from out there. You brought back a hat, and I was I was jealous. I was a little well, bit heated. It was a clean, nice-looking hat. You, you, didn't, you didn't bring me one back either? Well, I, I had to get one for Henry. And he doesn't have to know. He does sign the checks. And then I was going to get one myself for going to the trouble. I mean, now, yeah. in fairness, Ben, I was moving my own equipment that day. And as you know, a, a star with dainty hands like myself doesn't like to dirty <laughs> his, his own hands with equipment. So, I mean, I did all that that day, Ben, in all fairness. But that was a fun uh, little trip. Obviously, no season last year with minor league baseball. But uh, these hats this year are really, really sharp-looking hats. They're purple with a gold bill, and that's a good-looking lid. So uh, I've got it up on my social media. I think we've retweeted. We'll probably retweet a picture here uh, in the coming uh, days, maybe tonight or tomorrow. But uh, that's a, And you could get this great deal through the Mudcats if you buy uh, a, a four-pack. Not only are you going to get a four-pack of tickets, you get what they call Muddy Money, which is like 40 bucks in Muddy, which probably get or like concession vouchers. So you could get the hot dogs and the popcorn and the peanuts and – 
your favorite sudsy beverage or a cola or water or whatever. Uh, and then um, the first 800 through get the uh, through the gates get the uh, the the hat. Now, part of the reason maybe they're holding back some hats is because they w- if you buy this four pack that I'm talking about four pack of tickets to the game next Friday, you get you're guaranteed four hats, so a hat per ticket. So that's the deal, and I think it's ninety five dollars is the price where you get the $40 in vouchers for the concessions. You get a box seat to the game, so they're not going to stick you up in the corner somewhere out in the outfield. I mean, you're going to get a box seat. You're going to get a good seat. If you've ever been to Five County Stadium, those are great seats, those box seats. Nice stadium. And you're right there in the uh, you know the area where you can get to the concessions and the restroom very quickly. So it's a it's a really great premium seat. So I imagine, you know, when – when you see that number, because I, I was told how many hats are given, I think they're they're hoping and planning that there will be a lot of pre-sales of those uh, VIP packages, those ninety-five dollar VIP, because then you're guaranteed a hat. And and for me, if you're going from Greenville to to Zebulon to that night that night to the game, that's your best bet in my opinion, because you're guaranteed the hat. Because they're going to have a huge crowd for this. There's going to be fireworks after the game, but the the ECU night was so popular with the hat giveaway last year or two years ago, that uh, there were a lot of folks that made the trip and, and didn't get the hat. Well, they've rectified that this year because you could pre-buy your package. Uh, we'll have more details on that tomorrow. Uh, listen for the commercials here on the game and also on our other stations. We're going to be giving away tickets, a pair of tickets to the game. So this guarantees you entry into the game. It's just a pair of tickets. This is not the package. I think on Talk of the Town, they're going to give away the, the four-pack, and on 107.9, Mark Miller next week is going to give away a four-pack one morning. So, By the way, the picture of the hat is on top of our Twitter right now. First you put it thing up there? you see is okay. the picture of that hat. It's a, it's a good-looking hat. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm, I, I, we've already got, like, Miller wants one. Dylan claims he wants one. The Big Hen will want one. They can't have any. I've got one. You're going to get one. So that's five right there. There we go. Now, if they give us... Well, we can forget about the others. If they give us ten, then I, you know, I, can, I might have some to pass out to people. Or give away. We might have a little to give away, a little stash to give away ourselves. We're, we're working out details of that. I like to think I'm higher on the pecking order uh, over Mark Miller and, and Dylan. Come on now. On this show, yes. I think in the company, <laughs> you're probably... Well, yeah, obviously, but uh, come yeah. on. Throw me a bow. No, I mean, look, my intention is to take care of you, but I... Okay, all right. You know, there's... Same push comes to shove, as far as I'm concerned, they never... they. They never knew. Well, Miller's participating in the giveaway with 107.9. Henry is Henry. Yeah, I can't I can't argue with that. I can't and, disagree and, with and that. And thankfully for that melon, it's an adjustable hat. Hey-oh! Oh, where's the rim shot? Where's the rim shot? Good producer would have had the rim shot ready to go, Ben. And then... Uh, Just knocked our, <laughs> our boss there. I, I don't know. want to be a part of that. Uh, it was a joke. That's why the, the rim shot would have eased, softened the blow. There you go. Better late than never. And then, uh, can't let the captain go down alone there with the ship. Oh, uh, well, you could have helped the brother out, but I noticed you did not. <laughs> hey, I, I hit the rim shot. Okay. Let well, you die there. Better late than never, as I say. Uh, I'm going to get one because I'm going, I, I brought the deal to the table and I'm going to all the trouble of. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and then I would say if, you know, if it's, if it comes down, if we only have four, if it comes down to between you and Dylan, I'll go with you. You're my guy, Dylan, and this is not really a factor in this. But Miller's given the tickets away on his show, and Henry's the 
the boss, and he's giving away tickets on his show. So, I mean, I, I think it stands to reason they would get hats, right? All right, all right. I'll keep them on. But we'll give away some tickets the rest of the week here. We also have some concert tickets. We're going to bundle them up together uh, tomorrow and Thursday for sure. We'll have those giveaways uh, for you right here on uh, the flagship of the Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Well, I've talked through this whole monologue about foolishness and promoting stuff, and we didn't even get to the Simone Biles thing. We didn't even get to, uh, uh, I guess, uh, Osaka got knocked out of uh, tennis. That was reported first thing this morning as well. Uh, but the Biles thing is interesting because she's, it's not a physical injury. She just said she got mentally, she's, she, she needed to get in a better headspace. And look, look, a month ago, the old P daddy was burned out. I, I was ready for a few day, few weeks off from the show. I've had that. I hadn't had my vacation. Yeah, we had done the show through the coronavirus. It's kind of interesting with the whole Simone Biles thing is that coming into the Olympics, she was hawking merch and taking pictures with goats. She was self-proclaiming herself as the goat of the sport. And now it's kind of weird to see that mental health thing kick in. And she all of a sudden is like mental health for why she's out of the Olympics. It's just a strange well, deal all around. That's why I would say you got to be – I mean – I wouldn't put her in the, I mean, she's just, she was being a little braggadocious, which is fine. She's certainly been able to back it up, but it's just interesting. The first time that it looks like she's not going to win, oh, she, she, yeah. she's got to take a mental break. Look, I understand mental health's a big issue. My wife works in it. I understand, uh, like I said, I, you know, going into the end of June, I was on fumes, baby. I oh, was, yeah. I, I needed a little, we needed a little break. No, I'm not dismissing anything. Right. I'm just saying. Like, and I understand there's a lot of, pre- but I mean, to, to do what you just said yeah. and proclaim yourself all this and go out and you got to back it up at some point. And when you suffer what would be your first loss yeah. to kind of back out and, and do it in the team event where you leave your teammates kind of hanging, I, this is going to be an unpopular take, but I just don't, I don't think it's a good look. If you want the take that's sympathetic. Uh, you can always listen to uh, Triangle Sports Radio, and then you'll you'll get that. <laughs> well, when I did the player intro yesterday, when I did my personal intro, it was outrageous. I made all these bold claims, and I got some I got some blowback for that. And I hey, I I was expecting that. I I I, I know the consequences. I knew that was coming. I knew I knew the. You get what I'm saying. I knew, I knew there was going to no, be it, some blowback it, for saying things like that. It was outrageous. It was beyond outrageous. Yeah. It was totally outrageous. <laughs> that's that's the one thing I will agree with you on there. Uh, all right, so we'll break. Uh, big interview with Q Tucker yesterday, commissioner of the High School Athletic Association. Did we get the cut that uh, we got? Uh, we did. Okay. So there's a cut or two that we are going to play in this because I do want to get the uh, senator's reaction to this. But Senator Todd Johnson is going to be with us on the other side of this break. Uh, to me, this is a huge story in our state right now. And all indications are, and we'll get an update on this, is that lawmakers, uh, members of the board for the High School Athletic Association, and I guess some others are going to be meeting tomorrow towards what the resolution to all of this will look like. So uh, that is coming up on the other side of this timeout, so stay with us for that. Also, we'll get into the Oklahoma-Texas thing from uh, Ground Zero there in Norman, exactly what happened that led to all of this. Uh, we'll talk with uh, a guest about that later on. So uh, guests the rest of the way, but stay with us. Good guests, and uh, we're looking forward to having them on on the other side. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. What? You want more? 
All right. On your flagship home of Pirate Basketball, 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Happy hours are always a swashbuckling good time with the P-Man. Happy hour for me never starts till after five. Me either. This is only number three. Let's get back to the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Are you gathering up the teeth? We got podcasts. Check them out. Not only the podcast of this show, each and every day shortly after it ends, it's posted. And uh, the On the Prowl podcast releases every Thursday, 943thegame.com. That's Ben Byerman Company there as they uh, talk Carolina Panthers. Training camp opening today in Wofford for uh, the Panthers out in Spartanburg. And uh, we'll have the Mike Houston, Houston Huddle podcast coming up. Working on the final deets of that. Seems like they got a lot of big plans when it comes to the podcast on the website. So definitely looking forward to that during the season. And you can also check out our podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast. Uh, I believe the Panthers podcast is also on our YouTube page. YouTube. Which we're going to be rolling out a little more details on that uh, to come as well. We got some PJ Show clips up there, too. Oh, do we? We do. I think the one from yesterday with Q Tucker might be up there as well. So uh, check us out. We're going to clearinghouse all of this on the website. We're also uh, doing another redesign on that. 943thegame.com, but you can always go there and get the podcast of the show uh, each and every day. All right, uh, we welcome in a gentleman who's been a guest on our uh, program previously, Todd Johnson, who is a, a state senator representing Union County, is uh, with us uh, here. We talked with Commissioner Q Tucker yesterday at length about this uh, issue, a House bill that would uh, essentially abolish the uh, NCHSAA and structure a new uh, organization that would be the parent organization of high school athletics in North Carolina and uh, the co-author of uh, that uh, bill. And a guy who's been involved in this, as we mentioned, is the senator who's on the phone with us. Uh, Senator Johnson, nice to speak to you again. Thanks for taking some time with us. Thanks a lot, Patrick. It's, uh, it's a good to be here with you today. And before we get started, I want to let you know that uh, I agree that ECU should be in the ACC listing yesterday. I know that was kind of kicked around, and I think uh, nothing could excite North Carolinians more than welcome an ECU into the ACC. So well, I just wanted to throw that out there. I talked to a, a great mutual friend of both of ours, uh, who's the uh, new chairman of the Board of Trustees, Scott Shook, today, uh, a little okay, bit about good, that. Yeah. And uh, Shook gave me all the goods on you, by the way. So uh, you, you'll have to I, – I know a lot of the goods on Shook, but you'll have to give me some additional goods on Shook because uh, he's kind of shamed. I'm now worried. I'm now worried. <laughs> but uh, – that I, I think Shook wants to, you know, that that's something that probably needs to be kicked around in, in seriousness because uh, I think where we're headed, you're looking at uh, huge conferences of twenty or more teams, and uh, that would, I don't don't disagree. That would seem to open up the door for somewhere for ECU to go. One would one would hope. Uh, we could talk about that another time. Uh, news that came out a few hours ago. Uh, you and uh, fellow uh, lawmakers, senators, will be meeting with the High School Athletic Association staff and board members this will be at 2 p.m tomorrow at the general assembly building to discuss the uh aforementioned hb 91 and uh additional concerns about uh you know that the lawmakers do have with the association i I also understand that not only is commissioner tucker going to be there staff members are going to be there board members are going to be but they're bringing attorneys with them is that standard operating procedure or is that does that maybe fly a little bit in the face of the nature of, of the intent here? Well, you know, they're welcome to bring whoever they'd like to bring. I mean, we were kind of hoping for 
for more of a smaller uh, group of folks so that we could just sit down and roll up our sleeves and figure something out. We, we've been very vocal about the concerns that we've had. And, and just to be clear, the concerns that we have are not just something that I woke up one morning and said, you know what, I'm going to go pick a fight with this 100-year-old organization. These, you know, we are... We are tasked, and it's not even that we want to, but we are expected to listen to the concerns of the citizens of North Carolina and take those issues to Raleigh and fight on behalf of our constituents. And so, um, you know, my hope is that tomorrow's meeting will be productive. Uh, I don't think it uh, can be said enough that there have been multiple requests to come meet with us on many different occasions, and I am just... I'm actually ecstatic that they've taken us up on this offer. It took took quite a while, but in the end, I am hopeful in going into this with an open mind and hoping that we can uh, come out of here with some issues addressed and, and move forward from this. Senator, as I understand it, and you alluded to it there, it seems like that the 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 purpose of this meeting was, again, to, to maybe hammer out some differences, come to kind of a rough understanding, and then move from there. I, I just wonder if you're lawyering up, uh, is that going to lead to any real productive discourse? In, sure. In any way? Yeah, and there were some concerns on that. I mean, we, uh, you know, the way I look at it is I represent the, my constituents as well as the other members of the General Assembly. We represent our constituents. Uh, the different board members of there, not really understanding their structure, but I would assume they uh, represent certain districts and areas of the state mm-hmm. and high school athletics. Attorneys represent their board. So they're not representing student athletes and they're not representing coaches or parents. They're representing their board. So it is a little, um, it is a little different from what I can understand. But, but again, you know, nothing, something of that nature is not going to hinder the work right. that we feel gotcha. like we need to, to do tomorrow. Gotcha. We've got uh, from Union County uh, representing the uh, 35th District and the State Senator, uh, Todd Johnson, who is uh, one of the uh, people that got the ball rolling looking into the NCHSAA. Um, the, the, the accusation is that this is going to politicize high school sports, and the accusations also have come. Well, let's address that one first. Uh, within the bill, does what what you all propose, does it, in the words of, of the association and others we've talked to uh, that are related very closely to high school athletics, they say this politicizes high school athletics. Why is that a, an incorrect statement? Well, I think with any situation on any bill that's ever discussed, the, felt, the follow-up question to any comment like that is, have you actually read the bill? So anyone making that, I could see how you could draw that conclusion. But hearing that right out of the gate, I think, okay, you've, ne- you've never even actually read the bill because the bill simply states that the, there will be oversight, accountability, and transparency. And the folks that would be serving on this new commission are actually coaches, ADs, principals, superintendents, a lot of what you see on their current makeup now. And the hope, uh, as we've gone through this process, the hope is that current board members uh, that are on their boards now would would try to seek appointment to this board or this new commission. So I don't, you know, it's hard pressed for me. And I said this in committee the other day. It's hard pressed for me to believe that the coaches, ads, principals, superintendents, whoever's eligible for this, that they would actually get into the political world and put politics over the well being of that of the child. I, I just don't think that they would. I think they would still take their job very seriously and do what's best. Uh, for the student-athlete, which is our focus, the student-athlete. We've addressed this previously when you were on with us, along with Senator Jim Perry before, but uh, there's also the 
accusation that uh, you or maybe some of your constituency have an axe to grind with the association, uh, that others that have been so vocal in this, uh, your fellow senators also have these, these, as it was put to me, many axes to grind. How do you react to that? You know, this is not, there's no axe to grind here. If the, if the axe to grind is the well-being of the student-athletes, so be it, because ultimately the student-athletes all I really care about. And in many situations, you know, adults tend to mess up the situation for the kids. The student-athlete or students in general or even kids are always the ones that get hurt whenever adults start disagreeing. And so uh, keeping the forefront focus as the student-athlete, which this legislation does, which 22 months ago when we started looking into this, that was the sole focus. Again, it wasn't something where I woke up one morning wanting to pick a fight with anyone. This could have been handled a long time ago. Um, the legislature, uh, including myself and Senator McGinnis, we, we kind of started this thing mm-hmm. back in uh, back in October, or September of 2019, and it all stemmed from the fact that our phone calls and, and us reaching out to them, asking questions, and becoming concerned was dismissed. And it was it was you don't really have a say. We're nonprofits. You have no say on this. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't get to make any decision. We're not trying to make decisions. We were simply inquiring on behalf of the constituents that we have the privilege of representing. And so that began the process of saying, hmm, let's look and see what kind of money is appropriated to them from the state. And so that's kind of what started looking into the financials, which 990s for nonprofits, as you know, is readily available to anyone that wants to look at them. And a quick little glance there, when you see such a number then you know that it kind of blew us all away. So that's what kind of started the ball rolling even more, and it picked up steam, and that kind of led us to where we were to, to where we are today. Along with the fact that we have basically been shut out, and and, dis, uh, and our interests have been dismissed up until we got to the point where we had to drop legislation, which right. is you know for me it's always the path of last resort. If you can work things out ahead of time, that's always better. We've got Senator Todd Johnson here. Uh, Commissioner Tucker said this yesterday on uh, our airwaves. We've got a clip of this. I I want you to react to this. Ben, hit it. I believe that were Charlie Adams still alive Mm -hmm. and sitting in this chair, he would not have been addressed the way I was. He would not have been scrutinized the way I have been for the last two years And all it takes is just reading the language and reading how I have been addressed in some of the correspondence I have received from some legislators. So what she's essentially saying there, that was responding to kind of an open-ended question, uh, but she has made publicly uh, and, and, and even kind of gave that answer yesterday that she believes the way she has been treated has been based on, uh, her sex and also on her, uh, her race. What, what's your response to that? Well, and I never had the privilege of uh, meeting Charlie Adams or, or Mr. Whitfield or anyone else that served in that position. But I would dare say that uh, Charlie Adams nor Mr. Whitfield at any point in time would have dismissed two legislators calling and inquiring. So uh, I don't know how, how she has construed any type of quote unquote being addressed I've always addressed her as I would with anybody that fills that position with respect, refer to them as their, by their title. Uh, treat, I treat everyone with respect. And, and, and so I don't know what she's talking about there. I think probably what happened, and this is just me speculating, is that 
Um, she got emotional and said some things that she really didn't want to say or maybe wanted to kind of claw them back, and maybe that's her way of clawing it back. I'm not sure, um, but I would if there if I've addressed her in any way other than out of respect, like I do for anyone that I have a conversation with, then I would apologize for that. But I don't. This seems out of left field to me. I, I don't. I don't know that uh, any, she's been addressed any other way than any other person in authority, an authoritative position would be addressed outside of respect and uh, that they deserve. Tomorrow, the High School Athletic Association uh, staff members, uh, the commissioner, Q Tucker, uh, also members of their board, will be meeting with uh, senators uh, at the legislative building in Raleigh trying to hash out uh, an agreement here that uh, might uh, allow the association to remain in uh, – to remain in, in place, probably with some additional oversight. Uh, Senator Todd Johnson will be in on that meeting. He's one of the people that uh, started this dive into the uh, High School Athletic Association. And uh, like anything, he's, he certainly uh, has received a lot of attaboys from some circles and from other circles. Uh, he's, uh, he's been questioned and uh, criticized, uh, that, but that's part of the job, as we all know. Uh, Senator, let me ask you this. Um, and you've alluded to it, and I kind of got the – I had someone tell me, uh, and they may have had a little, you know, maybe a conversation with someone, I don't know, but they felt like that the bill was the last resort. In other words, uh, that's not exactly what, what you guys are looking to do necessarily. You do want to, to have this be a collaborative solution to some of the uh, ills of the High School Athletic Association. But uh, – is tomorrow kind of the litmus test to see how willing they are to come to the to the bargaining table, or uh, is this kind of fate accompli? I mean, where would you say we are in this process right now uh, as we as we go into this tomorrow? Sure, and I, 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 it's a great question. And for us, you know, from the from the beginning, there was not an idea that we would even have to drop legislation. I think. Uh, Senator McGinnis and Senator Sawyer and myself have, have been very open with anyone that would listen, with anyone that would talk to us to try to come to some resolution. I can tell you from my standpoint and from my point of view, the status quo is unacceptable. Uh, so as far as the legislation, it, it's uh, it's very well thought out, and it's, it actually achieves a lot of what we're trying to do, which which provides accountability, applies uh, transparency and oversight. But I think for certain that they can internally make a lot of these changes uh, and, and get those uh, do some housekeeping themselves and go a long way to addressing needs. Some needs that maybe they can't address that I think we're going to ultimately have to address is a contract, making sure that there's a contract between the state or DPI and, um, and the High School Athletic Association. Mm-hmm. I mean, we basically got a situation where the agency has delegated this authority to the Athletic Association with no written agreement. I don't know about you, Patrick, but anytime you do any type of business, there's going to be a written contract and a written agreement. There are no contracts between the association and the, and the member schools. Um, as far as the ability to be audited by the state auditor, I mean these are these are things that are very important. We're not dealing with uh, with uh, pop Warner football uh, gate receipts or anything. We're dealing with a large sum of money that has no oversight. And, and keep in mind, and this is a point of contention that we've experienced with them, is they see this money that they've got as uh, private money that the legislature shouldn't even be looking at. 
Uh, but the reality is it comes off the backs of our public schools that many would argue are, are struggling for funds and everything. And so I think we do have purview over that and to be able to look at that, at least know how that money's being spent. You see the parents, the mothers, the grandmothers, the, the fathers that are out there uh, striping fields, selling popcorn, doing all this stuff. And they're having, they're doing it for their kids, but then in many cases they're having to work the popcorn stand while their kids are playing, and it doesn't make sense, especially when you've got an organization that has this type of money and this type of fund balance, but also that continues to charge fees and fines and, and endowment games. You know, where there was an example of an endowment game or a play, excuse me, or the playoff game. Uh, that we showed an actual receipt. One of the schools gave us a receipt for it. Their money comes off the top. And so at the end of this, the, the school put on the uh, event, T- teams traveled, they had gas, they had expenses. And at the end of this event, the schools had the luxury and privilege of splitting $5. So they got $2.50 a piece, wow. while the Athletic Association got their money off the top. Those are the type changes that, to me and you sitting here, seem like, well, that doesn't make sense. Those are easy fixes but they haven't been addressed and they haven't come to us and actually spoken with us about it. And so that was, you know, unfortunately it took legislation to bring them to the table. But if we have to look at the victories, I see this, the fact that we're continuing this uh, or at least starting the line of communication as a good thing. And, and in, in full disclosure, in response, which I believe to our actions of what we're, what we've been doing and the inquiries we've been making, they've done away with endowment games, but there's been some there's some changes with that and some nuances that schools are still not happy about about not being able to replace games and things. They've shelled out four million dollars again, regardless of what anyone says. It is a direct response to Senator Sawyer's inquiry, and they've also uh, stopped charging schools for catastrophic insurance, which, if I remember correctly, was the reason they had the endowment. Anyways, as mentioned yesterday, um, these changes should have been made a long time ago, and they should have been willing to discuss it instead of telling us, no legislature, we don't need you, we're a private nonprofit, you have no standing here. That was the response we've received, which pushed us to the point of legislation. Senator, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Uh, Looking forward to seeing what comes out of this meeting tomorrow, and uh, hopefully, I think for all involved, everybody will be able to get together and get on the same page and and make changes that will benefit schools and benefit student athletes across the state. I think that's what everybody kind of wants out of this. So, uh, we appreciate, we appreciate your uh, forthrightness and, and also your time here this afternoon and, uh, look forward to, to talking to you down the line. Thank you so much, Patrick. I really appreciate your coverage on this. It's very important, uh, to the state and to the student athletes across the state. And I really appreciate you, uh, having us on. All right, there he goes, Senator Todd Johnson. Thank you, Senator. Uh, great to have him on with us. Ben, you want to break or do you want to do your update? Up to you. I'll let you make the call here. Let's break. All right, a break. Come back. Ben Byron will have an update for you, and then uh, we'll go out to Oklahoma where we'll uh, catch up with Tyler McComas, sports talk host out there uh, covering uh, the uh, Sooners, and uh, he'll have the very latest on uh, this whole situation, Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC. How did all that get going? What was the What were the origins of that? Uh, we'll ask Tyler McComas, plus Ben with an update on the other side next. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. You want more? Like, you really like it. You right. want more? On your flagship home of Pirate Baseball, 94.3 The Game and 94.3 thegamecom 
Ben Barham here for your 94-3 The Game Sports Update. From college football, Oklahoma and Texas have formally notified the SEC of a membership request for 2025. From the NFL, the Washington football team gives tight end Logan Thomas the three-year extension. Veteran wide receiver Chris Hogan has returned to the league after a stint as a professional lacrosse player. Hogan has signed a deal with the New Orleans Saints. From the NHL, the Chicago Blackhawks acquire reigning Vezina Trophy winner Mark andre Fleury from the Vegas Golden Knights for a minor league forward. And future Hall of Famer Alex Ovechkin has signed a five-year, $47.5 million contract to stay at the Washington Capitals. Meanwhile, the Canes getting busy in free agency as they're close to signing two controversial figures. And defenseman Tony D'Angelo and winger Jacob Vertanen. D'Angelo has been hated for his support of Donald Trump in multiple locker room instances, while Vertanen is currently dealing with an ongoing sexual assault investigation. Wrapping up from the Olympics, U.S. gymnast Simone Biles has withdrawn from the Olympics for what was originally believed to be an injury, but Biles later clarified it was due to mental health issues. Biles coming into the event had proclaimed herself the GOAT of the sport, but said the pressure simply was too much. Another huge advocate for elite athletes' mental health, and Japan's Naomi Osaka has been knocked out of the Olympics in the third round after losing to the Czech Republic's Marketa Vanderrozova. That's going to do it for your 94-3 The Game Sports Update. I'm Ben Barb. Now back, Patrick Johnson. So the phone lines now where Tyler McComas joins us. Tyler with uh, Sports Talk 1499.3 FM in Oklahoma. He covers the Sooners extensively and, and really better than nobody else. Uh, he could also speak to the Texas side of things in this uh, very interesting drama that has uh, unfolded over the last few days. Tyler, thanks for taking a few minutes with us. Absolutely, man. Patrick, it feels like I'm swimming. I swim over to this new story, <laughs> then something else breaks, and I'm swimming over here. It's It's been exciting, but a little exhausting over the past five days or so. Yeah, it really has been. So, you know, when they expanded the playoffs, or at least talked about expanding the playoffs so willingly, I thought something doesn't seem right here. Something is afoot. This apparently was what was afoot. Yeah, it is. And I, I think that we probably should have seen this coming because OU to the Big 12 or OU staying in the Big 12 made so much sense for so long because, well, it's probably the easiest path to the playoffs. Why would you want to go to the SEC with all those great teams with what Alabama's doing right now and get into all that mess when there's only four teams up for a playoff spot? Well, now there's 12. And theoretically, Patrick, in, in this big-time league, maybe four or five teams on a given year from the SEC made the college football playoff now all of a sudden. So it's not like you have to win your conference, you know. Maybe you could be a three-loss team if you have the right wins and still make this thing. I think the expansion of the college football playoff was a massive, massive uh, kind of ordeal in getting all this uh, getting all this together. Was this uh, Oklahoma's idea was this texas's idea initially or is this greg sankey's idea i think the narrative that texas kind of grabbed ou and led them along is completely false i think that ou and texas have been having conversations for a long time and as the landscape continued to change i think it was a very mutual kind of decision on both of their parts from what i understand they kind of both realized at the same time like you know what, this would be really, really good for both of us. So I don't think it was necessarily Greg Sankey's idea. I think OU and Texas came to him first. But I don't really think it was Texas kind of 
holding OU along throughout this thing. I think that they've actually, for as big as rivals as they are, which is shocking, they've worked really well together throughout this whole process. And, I mean, this thing's going to get done. We've got uh, Tyler McComas on the phone with us here. Uh, big news, of course, uh, out of Monday was uh, that uh, Oklahoma and Texas have basically said we're not going to extend the grant of rights, which uh, binds the conference through 2025, the Big 12. Big question, Tyler, uh, as far as the Big 12, how do you see things shaking out as far as that conference goes? I, boy, uh, there have been some obits written, but, boy, things are awfully quiet as well. We, of course, pay particularly close attention to the goings-on of the Americans. So w- what are you hearing? It's in a standstill right now. You know, there was a report last week that Kansas had a call set up with the Big Ten, and you're like, okay, that makes sense, because the Big Ten wants AAU schools. KU's an AAU school. Uh, They have a really good basketball program. So maybe Kansas makes sense going to the Big Ten. That phone call never happened. Well, maybe West Virginia is indeed heading to go to the ACC. Still haven't heard that happening either. I think a lot of these Big 12 schools are in danger of getting left out. I, I really do. Um, maybe Oklahoma State has some value. I don't really see it in terms of eyeballs with television sets across the country. The Big Ten doesn't need to add, and they've got a new television deal coming up in 2024. I think you're going to be very hard-pressed to get Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State to say, yeah, we'll add two more teams, even if it means taking less money for us. So I see a situation where the Big 12 is kind of forced to stay together and they have to look to add a couple more teams. Now, that could mean some teams from the Americans. Maybe that could mean Cincinnati. Maybe that could mean UCF or Houston, someone along those lines. But, man, I'm just not so sure a lot of these Big 12 teams are going to get picked up by a lot of major conferences because they really don't add anything of value. OU and Texas was the thing keeping the Big 12 afloat all these years. Those other schools, they don't have big fan bases. They don't bring a whole lot of eyeballs, like I said, to TV sets across the country. In my opinion, I think the Big 12 has stayed together and is forced to pick off some maybe some non-Power 5 teams across the country. So let me ask you this, Tyler. Do you think, uh, if if I'm hearing what you're saying, it would take a a KU, Iowa State, West Virginia. In other words, it would take another school or set of schools splintering off elsewhere to become more of the – conference that gets rated you still think they're very much in the mind set the power spot where they're a raider rather than than have their teams poached yeah i and they've all kind of the remaining eight teams in the conference they've all banded together and they said hey we're gonna stick this through with one another we plan to keep the big 12 afloat but in the back of their minds they're all saying okay well if we can find a better landing spot for us we are going to go do that you know so they're at least acting like they're going to keep this conference together. But I think most likely, yeah, I, I, I think that you could see a couple teams from the American probably get poached into the Big 12 and they try to salvage things that way, sure. Are they going to try to grow it to a 16, uh, dare I say 20, team scenario? It, it depends on how many how much value they see in these other teams, right? Like if they see a big gain in Cincinnati, if the TV – you know, really Fox is who they're trying to impress right now. Right. If Fox says, yeah, we'd be down with Cincinnati. Yeah, we'd be down with UCF, but that's it. You know, I, I don't really even think it's the Big 12 decision, Patrick, as crazy as that is. It's all about the TV partners. It's all about these teams in this conference still getting as close to the shares they're getting right now. 
So if Fox wants them to add two more teams, that's probably what they'll do. If Fox wants them to add four more teams, that's what they'll probably do. I, I, I really think it's all in the hands of the TV partners right now because that's who controls how much of these payouts these schools are getting right now. All right, we have got uh, Sports Talk host Tyler McComas, Sports Talk 1499.3 out in uh, Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, of course, Oklahoma, Texas headed for uh, the SEC in, in all indications. How much of a money share are those schools getting now from their current or forthcoming deal are they scheduled to get versus what they, I guess, would possibly get or projected to get with this uh, SEC agreement? Well, the SEC, I think they got $728 million, just under $729 million for the 2020 year. And the Big 12 last year, $409 million amongst the conference. So that is a massive, massive difference right there. In terms of, if you're asking what OU and Texas share would be in the SEC, I think that's kind of yet to be determined because we don't know if they would get a full share or not once they enter into the conference. I'm guessing that they probably would. And obviously the SEC, their TV deal gets a whole lot sexier with ESPN sure. once Oklahoma and Texas are at it. So if I had to venture a guess, man, maybe we're talking about for Oklahoma and Texas, Maybe we're talking about 15, 20 more million a year just from TV rights. I, on, I think that that's an attainable number. On top of what they're getting currently. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. correct. Yeah. So, uh, Tyler, where does this leave Oklahoma State? Well, I, I don't think the Big Ten's in play for them just because they're not an AAU school. And, again, I just don't believe the Big Ten's going to add just to add. They're going to have to see value in these teams. I don't see Oklahoma State in the ACC. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them. I think OSU's play right now, what they're hope, what they have to hope for, is that the Pac-12 wants to do some sort of a Pac-12 Big 12 merger, and that does make sense in some scenarios. You know, again, it all goes back to Fox, but you know, if you think about a, re- a, a regular college football Saturday, the Pac-12 isn't relevant until like what three o'clock your time, three right. o'clock Eastern. You right. know, you've got 11 a.m. games everywhere except way out there on the West Coast. So now if you add the central time zone, you could be relevant at 11 a.m. noon Eastern time. You could be relevant from right to the early morning kickoff all the way to Pac-12 after dark. So there are some advantages there. Pac-12's got a new commissioner, though. So let's see if he sees any value in the rest of these Big 12 schools. For Oklahoma State, I think there's two options here. One is going out west to Pac-12 with a couple of the Big 12 teams. And the other is kind of staying pat in the Big 12 and – maybe kind of seen as the lead dog in the Big 12 conference. Right. They'd obviously rather go to the Big 12, but or go to the Pac-12, excuse me, but I actually think they're kind of excited about a new start and getting out of Oklahoma's shadow, which is crazy to say. So you mentioned a couple of other uh, schools. Kansas, obviously football is a non-starter with everybody there, but it's the basketball that I guess would be attractive to the Big 10 potentially, and, and I, I would have to imagine would be – attractive to the Pac-12 or whomever. And then there's West Virginia, which is the geographic outlier. What's the future yeah. of those two in your mind? West Virginia has got to be in the ACC. And if the ACC is not about West Virginia, I don't know what they do. Maybe they fold into the American. I, I mean, seriously, I, I, I don't think West Virginia is in play for the Big Ten. The academics aren't there. Don't see the Big Ten seeing that as value. Um, the Pac-12, that makes no sense whatsoever travel-wise for West Virginia. they got to hope and pray that the ACC wants to add them. As far as Kansas, um, 
basketball is a draw in the Big Ten. It is. So they've got that play there. And again, the Big Ten likes Kansas academics, so that's in play. I, I would say out of all the remaining Big 12 schools right now, Kansas is probably in the best scenario to get picked up by one of these other major conferences. So if other teams start to get poached, I would imagine KU to the Big Ten makes a whole lot of sense. Because, I mean, not only is the basketball, I mean, they do have the Kansas City market, which is right there, that that could be very attractive for Big Ten people. So I actually think KU's in a relatively good spot here. Would you say at the end of the day we're, we're looking at the, the scenario where you're going to have 20-plus league teams and maybe only four of them? I mean, in other words, are, are we starting to see the, the, the potential makings of this breakoff if needed from the NCAA possibly? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think that that's necessarily imminent in the next one to two years, but we're going to get to that point. I mean, it's, it's almost going to be the feeling of NFL light, right? Because we're going to have a very similar playoff structure as them. It's going to be very consolidated. It's going to be back into the haves and, and have-nots. You know, with the 12-team playoff, I was excited for some of these non-Power 5 teams, like in East, East Carolina, right? If they have a great year, finally, East Carolina could actually play for a national championship and forever in this sport, they really never would have had that opportunity. But the more and more we get consolidated into smaller conferences, I fear that this is really going to hurt the East Carolinas of the world, those non-Power 5 teams that have had good football teams in the past, but they're just not going to be able to compete now with the amount of money, with the NIL deal, everything else. I mean, this really is all tailored for the big boys. So yeah, I think at some point, it money drives everything, and we're probably going to go to four major conferences that's going to decide everything. I, it, I don't think it's necessarily good for the sport, Patrick, but I think that that's where we're headed. Hey, Tyler, thanks a lot for the time. You bet, anytime. All right, Tyler McComas there with uh, Sports Talk 1400 out at Norman, Oklahoma. We appreciate it. Also appreciate Senator Todd Johnson for being with us. We're going to have a little more tomorrow on this uh, whole situation and where things could be going. Stadium's Brett McMurphy will be with us, so uh, we'll look forward to catching up with Brett. Uh, Thanks to uh, Ben Byram, as always. Great job across the way. And uh, tomorrow we'll also be giving away some tickets to ECU night at the uh, Carolina Mudcats, so stand by for that. Uh, That's all coming your way uh, tomorrow, 5 o'clock here, the midweek edition, hump day edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. We'll catch you then.